Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken, and I'm your host today. And I have Elisa. She's joining us again for our second episode um, from traveling Europe with her family of nine. She brought in seven of her nine children this last April of 2023. And last week's episode was about Spain and just kind of first starting the adventure and all the beautiful things that they discovered in Spain. And now we're going to head into Morocco, Greece, Turkey, kind of a little bit further south and some of the other adventures that they had. Um, uh, For introduction, Elisa's born in Salt Lake. She lives currently in Springville here in Utah. And she's married, has, of course, the nine children, and seven are still at home, so two that are grown. What's your youngest right now? My youngest is six. I love it! <laughs> and he is a kick and a half. He is. <laughs> we've, done, we've done kid hikes together, and oh my gosh, it's so fun. Uh, and then she currently works from home as a uh, business, small business advisor. And the, the thing we wanted to talk about, usually we do like a fun fact, but we thought you guys might want to know, like, what is travel like for a family of, with seven kids? And um, what are some of the tips and tricks? If any of you guys have larger families and are intimidated on traveling, um, what are some of the things that she's learned and wanted to share with you guys? So, yeah, what were your thoughts? Okay. I mean, I think a big thing is not to overschedule. A lot of my kids, and I, surprisingly, it was more the teenagers who were just like, we just want to stay home versus the little kids getting worn out or we just want days to rest. Yeah. And, but um, one of the things that we really love to do is get my kids involved and um, the experiencing the new culture. So for my family, uh, we would, I would assign them something. I would let them choose and they would give presentations on different assigned nights. So I'd say like, okay, my son, my teenage son loves classical music. So I said, find out about like Spanish composers. Well, you know, while we're there, and then you can give a little presentation. You can play some songs for us and tell us something you know. Uh, my little son wanted to learn about battles that happened in Spain. So he took that on. Uh, my daughter wanted to learn some recipes. So we did like gazpacho and some other things and mm-hmm. prepared it and told people about the kind of the history of that recipe. Wow. And, and then we had that for a different thing. And then it, uh, my little boy, I helped him do one on uh, chupa chups, which are lollipops. And we learned the coolest thing, that lollipops were actually invented in Spain. What? And Salvador Dali is the one who made, like, the Chupa Chops logo. So we learned about <laughs> him, and we and we had, like, and then, of course, I gave, everyone got to pick a flavor of Chupa Chup. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're just sold all over. You know, you can go get them at Walmart if you want. How do you spell that? It's C-H-U-P-A-C-H-U-P, like Chupa Chup. Chupa Chup. Chupa Chup. Chupa Chup, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and so, and then my other daughter, she's an artist. She, she did um, a Picasso. And we learned all about Picasso. We were actually in the area, near the area where Picasso lived. Uh, before he, you know, he left, he spent most of his, like, artist years in, like, France, I think. Yeah. But, so we did a fun project where we learned about, like, cubism. And we took, uh, like, one of our favorite cartoon characters and or, or ourselves. And we did fun sketches that night. Like, we all made our own. And they turned out absolutely great. <laughs> So, cool. so just little things like that that I feel like make the culture and and the experience come alive for them. Those are some of our favorite experiences of just learning together as a family and giving them some ownership of like, what do you want to learn? Yeah. Now, another daughter was like flamenco dancing. I'm like, just give us, and we're not going to become experts, but just like <laughs> give us the basics. 
Yeah, like we could hold our own maybe. At yeah, one so you know, it's not me having to do all the work that they're actually having to do the work and figure out like what lesson they want to teach, and it's something that they'll it'll stick with them better. Oh, that is brilliant. I feel like what's nice when you have more kids is the older will help with the younger, and they mm-hmm. and I feel like they crave that. Like you're saying, they crave the ownership and the ability to to lead and and things like that. And yeah, like they're saying, like they can find things out and do things and plan things. And yeah, it's really yeah. awesome. And that's my favorite thing to do traveling is like immerse in the culture, really learn things that you wouldn't normally learn and just feel it. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's the more um, authentic way to go too. And like you're saying, slowing down, paying attention to where you're at, get to know like your Airbnb host or maybe a neighbor who's next door or For just sure. feel like go wander around. I love just wandering and just feeling the rhythm of wherever you are. Yes, for sure. That's one thing I totally love is just experiencing as much of the culture as I could. Like mm-hmm. there was a bike race where we were like near where we were staying and I just absolutely loved watching that come through mm-hmm. and things like that where you got to like, get a sneak peek at what their little community life was like. Yeah, and you traveled for three months so you really got to feel like, I feel like the, the odds that you would be somewhere where like a race or a festival or things were happening mm-hmm. would be much higher and you can just... You'll just be seeing these local communities. just For sure, yeah. yeah. You see the little flyers go up on the posts outside. And, <laughs> and you're like, you sure. You're like, ah, what's, what's this? Let's go see it. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, that's such a luxury. All right, so um, you wanted to share some stories. Um, first, we wanted to go to Morocco. So down. Yes. So you left Spain and took the ferry. We did. And that was actually, it was a rough experience and it was an adventure in and of itself because yeah. we, we took the high speed ferry. It just takes about an, an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so after we drove, we saw the Rock of Gibraltar, which is awesome. And has, does it still have monkeys? Yes, it does. <laughs> they told us about that. We actually didn't go in. Um, <laughs> like but, they're just everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, Tarifa is the town. You, you cross Tarifa to Tangier, Morocco. And it's a high-speed ferry, and it's huge. You know, it's, like, loaded with cars and hundreds of people. And the seas were just really rough that day. I think mm-hmm. it was just a windy day. So there was, I think, the vast majority of people on board were seasick. And to make it worse, I mean, um, it was so rocky that it was almost impossible to walk without holding onto something or you would fall. Oh, wow. It was just, it was way worse than I've ever experienced. And I've been on a lot of boats. And so... They were just walking around. The crew was walking around handing out bags, and there were people, like, just actively using those bags everywhere, just throwing up. And, oh. and my own kids, who are pretty resilient to motion sickness, every single one of them looked like shades of green and were just slumped over. And the, the worst part was is they didn't really have any good airflow. There were no open windows. It was quite, like, hot and humid in that that oh, huge so it's cabin. an enclosed, it's yeah, enclosed. cabin. And there's, there was oh. one place in the back that you could, you know, trip and stumble your way to get to, but it was only like a 10 foot by 10 foot little tiny corner where you could get out and get fresh air and look off the back, but that's where you were allowed to smoke. So there were a whole lot of smokers out on that back mm-hmm. deck. So you would try to like lean off far enough and to get like some fresh air in your face without like trying to get, you know, like too much smoke inhalation at the same oh, time man. while you're also like nauseated. So mm-hmm. it was really just a relief when we finally crossed and you heard it, you know, as they're approaching the port to hear it power down uh-huh. and just like <laughs> immediate is. relief and everyone's like coming back to and, and that's where our Moroccan journey started. And with Morocco, when we were just doing research for the trip, Morocco was the country that I was nervous to go to just because 
almost every time people would be like, oh, Morocco, uh, um, have you read about it? Like people were really kind of like nervous to hear that I was taking my whole huge family there. Uh-huh. And, and again, kind of like how I talked about uh, on the podcast before with a family that size, we don't fit into two taxis. So we can't do like one parent with these kids and one parent with these kids. We're, we're really too big for even two taxis. And I didn't want to put kids on one alone. So trying to figure out how we were going to spend, because we had this 10 day window that we wanted to spend in Morocco before mm-hmm. we were going like next on a cruise. Um, so I just thought like, okay, uh, I looked into options and we decided to go with like a full tour company basically, but we had a private driver that met us at that station after we got off mm-hmm. and it, you know, like a great big, um, party van, like a private van that say, was just so you for get us. Big vans. Okay. We just did a big van, nice seats. Like they actually were like kind of like stadium seat in the back, <laughs> like high ceilings. And it even had like, he would, our fun driver, Muhammad. I would, um, he was just like, we just kind of fell in love with him over the trip, especially my teenage daughters. (laughs) I bet. He was cute. He would like turn on like the fluorescent lights at night, like with all the party (laughs) vibes. And it was just really fun. So I think that gave us a very different experience than a lot of people have that are maybe like run into people that are trying to take advantage of them if they don't have guides. One thing I can tell about the Moroccan culture is that like if you have a guide with you, Nobody's like messing with the, you out of respect for the guide, probably mm-hmm. more than anything. So, so if your guide is good, because I know we've had issues yeah. with if you get a bad guide, then you have all sorts of problems. But if you have got a good yeah, guide, I, you're set. I did my research. Um, there's actually a, a woman that has a really amazing blog called uh, Maroc Mama. I don't remember her name, but Maroc Mama is um, she was an American woman who who married a Moroccan and she now lives full time in Morocco and she does her own guide things and cooking classes and stuff. But she has a tremendous amount of information about Morocco online. Nice. And she highly recommended guide companies for like the best experience for going through like tours for a lot of the cities. So I just took one of the ones that she had on her list. Brilliant. And called them up and just said, uh, I just told them what I wanted, what my time frame was, the things that were the most important to me, 10 days, they sent me back an itinerary. Uh, You know, it, we decided let's yeah let's go for it it was like a a expense we didn't expect because originally we were just going to do like a quick overnight or two nights in Morocco and back just to have kind of like say like we've done it you know yeah just like Tangier and then back to Spain but then we decided to spend 10 days in Morocco and then fly directly to Athens after that Mm -hmm. so it ended up being really really great and out of all the countries we went to we went to eight countries I think pretty much hands down uh, Morocco is what my whole family all of us will say was like the most unique experience and just like the part that we loved the most really like I always say like Spain Spain Mm -hmm. has my heart in a lot of ways like I would live in Spain I I would have bought a house and stayed in Spain for like Mm -hmm. a year or two Um, but Morocco was the just opening my eyes to something that was so different than anything I'd experienced and it just felt really genuine yeah like the Arabic culture is so just there you know and they don't speak English as their first language like like French is like yeah. the second language after Arabic and yeah and it's it's such a rich culture like it right. just is like there I don't know like it's just in your face and it's just like the people are just so incredible and they've done a really good job of preserving it mm-hmm. uh, yeah so, so rich and culture. when you go into like their Medinas which Medina is like an old city within like th- within the walls uh, they just have this way of life that's so traditional they're not they're not importing a lot of stuff. Um, they, the, one of the guides told me, uh, that they import zero for food, Wow! that they grow everything that they need for their country. And they export a lot of things, but they don't import anything for food. 
And so I thought that was really fascinating. And you could see it, that just like their, their pride in that. And I've never tasted oranges like I did in Morocco. They would serve us orange juice that was just the most deep orange. Like it wasn't yellow. Like you see a lot of orange juice. It was just this amazing orange. Or they would serve us orange slices with cinnamon on it for dessert. Mm -hmm. And it was just like I never tasted anything like that. Oh, man. That's amazing. And then you said the craftsmen there were just incredible. Right. And that was one of my, I think my favorite experiences for my, for my kids to experience and to experience as a family was just seeing how they make all like the, the clay, the carvings. We got to see them make the metal lanterns. We got to see them like hands-on. They would take my kids onto next to them and do like a pottery wheel and spin the wheel. And we got to see like every single step from like smashing the, the clay dirt into like making it flat to to how they burn it in the kiln, to painting it or carving it. And things like that were just so amazing. And all different kinds of trades for the silver work, copper work, um, the, you know, dyeing, dyeing cloth, dyeing leather. We got to see like making shoes from scratch, wow. just all these different things. And, and oh, everywhere we went, we ended up uh, like that. We those, That was like kind of our souvenirs. So it's like we'd get to partake in something and then, then we would buy something little to take home. Like yeah. Something that could be like a Christmas ornament or something little mm -hmm. that we could take home to remember like that artisan and that skill that we learned, that we learned about. Oh, I love that. And especially because you're like, it has a connection to that person. Yes. Like not only are you buying the thing, but you're like this person that I met mm -hmm. and I know like made this thing. And when I see it, I can think of, yeah, it's such a cool, powerful thing. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Um, and then you said you glamped on the Sahara with yes, camels. Because I have to say, like, I've been to Morocco and we made it to the edge of the Sahara, but we got so sick. We couldn't make oh, that no. next step. And so I am just, I'm so excited to hear this. Yeah, it was, for me, I don't know why exactly, but ever since I was a really little girl, Sahara Desert has been kind of just this bucket list thing that's something I just like <laughs> thought so much about and daydreamed about and thought like how massive it was I had a kind of a fascination with it as a child mm -hmm. so I was just when we started to leave one thing that surprised me about Morocco is how green it was it was just it was it was spring so mm -hmm. but most of the country as we started in the north and headed our way slowly down through all these beautiful towns towards the south was that it's just lush green and beautiful farm fields. Yeah. They were just growing so many things. It's just kind of not the picture I had. I was kind of just imagining a desert. Right, yeah. And then when we, you know, finally the green gave away to more and more like dry and less vegetation. And then finally you could see way off in the distance, the roads, the mountains flattened out. You could just see the sound dunes. And like our driver, mm -hmm. he's like, that's, those are the sound dunes. That's the Sahara. And I was just <laughs> stoked. And it still took like, it still took like a couple hours. Like we could mm -hmm. see him from so far away. And he just turned on this like amazing rock and music. Mm -hmm. And we just, they were just like pumped driving through there. And then we, so we get to, um, one of the little towns had a, a, an amazing lunch everywhere they went. It was, that was another good thing about being guided is that we got to eat at really authentic local places mm -hmm. without having to figure it out ourselves. Right. Like they would tricky. just come in. I mean, and, and yeah, it costs money that way. You know, like we don't have a lot of, we didn't feel like we had a lot of control necessarily of that. They would just be like, you want to eat? Yes. They would take us to a restaurant, sit us down, bring us the food. Like there was very rarely any sort of menu involved at all. They would just serve us several course meals, what were the meals like? A lot of them was like tangine. The tangines are these like little clay pots that are kind of cone shaped on top that they cook I feel like the they're chicken like, in. They're like the little flower parts, like the orange flower pots yeah. made out of um, 
pottery or something. Yeah. That's how it felt like. It looked like they just took that and went upside down and cooked all the yummy stuff underneath And so they it. just cook those Amazing. on like a bunch of little like burners all over the ground, like not mm -hmm. an oven. Usually they're just like cooking them outside and... Those were, that chicken was amazing. Even my most picky eaters at, found something that they loved. They have, you know, like a bread that they serve with every meal. kind of looks like a pita kind of bread. And um, then just like, of course, like a lot of like olives and a little kind of like a, a salad. A Moroccan salad is just all these little bowls of different like pickled items and olives and that you would just like sample and taste different things. And mm -hmm. it was just, you know, my kids, I really encourage them to just like taste things. Because yeah. it's, it's hard. It's hard for me sometimes too when it's something that's so different. But Moroccan food was actually our favorite of everywhere we went. <laughs> we absolutely loved it. So. Oh, that is so cool. And what was it like glamping like, on And of the... course, kebabs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so then they take us to, it, it was it was getting like near. We were going to do like a sunset ride into the, through like the sand dunes to this camp. So they put us on these camels, um, and we all had our own camel except their youngest two. So like a six-year-old and eight-year-old. Um, he wasn't even quite six yet. He, they rode with um, the two of, of the parents. And My they daughter, have like saddles and stuff? Yeah, they or? have like big saddles, and they have something you hold on to. And camels, when they get up, they get up like bum first. So you like really rock forward hard. Oh. And they would tell you like, keep your arms. There's like a metal handle in front of you, and they'd say keep your arms like locked, like hold on tight because if you didn't I could see so easy you could knock your teeth out a couple times it caught us off guard so oh, while we were standing there yeah up. okay yeah because or they like drop down so mm -hmm. your own body weight would go like go oh, forward so yeah. like at right after we got up like loaded onto the camel and they tap them and the camel gets up they uh our camel decided to lay back down and so my <laughs> daughter like who was absolutely crazy about all the camels she just didn't like ours and she was funny about it she's like I don't even like the way ours looks like <laughs> He's like, excuse the rest of them. But she's just like had this thing against our camel because I think he, he scared her a little bit. Like, But it was really fun. We took a nice ride through all the dunes to this camp that was just amazing. They met us with just like, um, you know, the, the big canvas tents. There was a big um, like red rug going down to like the big dining tent. And they had people playing drums and just welcome you there. And uh after they showed us to our rooms, which was like, you know, this amazing king size bed and a bathroom. Like my husband and I had our own tent and I think we had three tents. There was like a girl's tent and a boy's tent that they had their own beds. It had a full like shower, full bathroom. Like, Whoa. Thing, like, and it was like nice, you know, beautiful sinks, like kind of like beautiful appliances, like nightstands. It was everything you would need. Like, it was really amazing. How did you find this? Was this through the company that the, you had? Yeah, it was just the company. I mean, they sent me an itinerary and that, that was something that was also really nice. It felt like just such a splurge because usually like for most of these legs of the trip, I'm the one that's doing like all the research, right. all the purchasing, buying nine tickets of everything. Mm -hmm. It gets to be so exhausting. So it was really nice to kind of like be the kid and just like show up, like their driver would say like, hey, meet me at nine in the morning. And I would show up at nine in the morning and then it would be like, so what are we going to do today? <laughs> How long till we get there? <laughs> you know, you'd be like, you know, it's on the agenda. And uh -huh. Sometimes I would have like looking through the email and then sometimes in you know, 10 days, like some days I was like, I have no idea. I don't remember what we're doing tomorrow. Know, let's, let's just, see yeah, how let's, let's, let's see what's in store today. I can't wait to see what he has for us. Uh, what was it like waking up in the morning on the Sahara? Oh, that was really cool because they actually, so we, they had us, they told us what time sunrise was. So we set an alarm clock and I got a few of my kids to come out. Some of them just couldn't do it and that's fine I just let it go 
Uh, but I, I got out there uh, before sunrise and I went and climbed up on one of the dunes and just sat there and uh. um, some of the other people that came out, but everyone kind of had their own like little dude. And I just sat there, um, I think with one or two of my kids and just watched the sunrise. And it was just so beautiful, magical, like everything you'd want it to be. It was really great there. Yeah, forever. and then they serve us this beautiful breakfast, and Moroccan pancakes are amazing. Really? That's something I never tried before, and it's just like it's very different than anything I've ever had. How is it different? They're just, they're kind of like thick, like half-inch thick, like little patty things, and um, they would serve them cold a lot of the time, but they were just really good. You'd put like some sort of like usually like apricot or some sort of jam on it, and mm -hmm. just yummy. Sounds divine. Yeah. Did they have a lot of mint tea as well? Oh, yes. Everywhere we went, even if we stopped to talk to a shop owner, we were served mint tea. And we just <laughs> loved it. And, and was, like those little silver teapots. Yeah, and, like, oh, little, I love that. Like little glasses where you couldn't touch the glass part because it was too, you'd hold the glass like by the rim and by the bottom of the, mm -hmm. of the glass. But everywhere we went, all my kids loved it. Even my, li <laughs> like my little ones just loved to get served that tea and get their refills and they would give, you know, like my kids lots of sugar cubes to put in them. And, uh, we just loved it. It was just such a nice hosp hospitable thing to do. And that was yeah. one of the things that we also thought, like, just like we loved tapas, which are like appetizers in Spain. In Morocco, we're like tea. Like we took home like our tea <laughs> set and we planted tea. When we got settled back in, in Utah, we planted mint in our yard. And we're just like, this is going to be part of the thing that we're going to do. I don't okay. think we've ever actually had a guest come over. We're like, here's your mint tea. But, <laughs> we're like, we're so ready. <laughs> but it feels still like part of our life now. Ah, oh, that is so beautiful. First, you traveled from so you traveled from Morocco to to Athens to Athens. Okay, we spent and that's three days in Athens before we got on the cruise. Oh, okay, and that's where my daughter met, which is another fun. A so bit she of a fun came story. and joined you. That she we flew her in, and we were in this. I meant to look up the neighborhood before I came. We were in this part of Athens. The neighborhood was so fun. I had her fly in. I didn't tell them she was even joining us for any part of the trip. And she <laughs> was sitting outside, like wearing glasses outside, like an ice cream shop. It was like, kind of dark, but like we all they were all ordering ice cream. And just with her sitting outside, and one of them finally was like, that looks like Maddie. That, like, and then, <laughs> That's awesome. And then like double take, double take. And then finally, I think it was my, it was Wilder that finally was like, that is Maddie. It's got to be. <laughs> like, but they didn't expect, obviously, to see her. And then uh, were, they didn't realize, they didn't know she was joining us for the cruise. And mm -hmm. she ended up staying for like the rest of the trip. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah. I bet fun. you love that too. <laughs> she did. So when you did the cruise, did you guys, how many days was it? Because I feel like I've done Greece. And that is the way to do Greece. Like, there's so many islands yeah, and, like, was, turkeys out there. it was 10 there. days. And it was, like, eight or nine stops in the mm -hmm. 10 days. I think it was nine stops in 10 days. It was oh, kind of crazy. That's awesome. It was fun. And how did you get the company? Like, how did you figure out which company to go through? Or um, I actually did that one through Expedia. And then they put me in touch with, like, an actual Utah local. Like, she lives in Lehigh, I think. Um, oh, wow. Uh, um, she's a travel agent that, like, represents. And she's the one who helped me with all the details and all the back and forth and all the oh. questions and everything. When you're booking with Expedia, you can't really do big families. You can't do, you can't buy that many tickets at once, like, for a cruise. They'll just say, like, contact a representative. And they put you in contact with the local one, mm -hmm. I guess. So that's And cool. she's the one who hooked you up with the cruise. Yeah. Nice. So she helped me with all the questions I had, all, you know, helping figure out, like, the different payments. Because each room has to be kind of purchased individually. Oh, the, on the cruise? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And what islands did you guys go to? We left Athens. We went to Volos, then two Turkish ones, Istanbul and Kudasai. Mm -hmm. And then Rhodes, Heraklion, oh, yes, Heraklion, Rhodes. Santorini, mm -hmm. uh -huh. and Mykonos. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those are all the big ones. Yeah. Like Santorini with the white houses. Right. Santorini is the one that everyone gets so excited for. With the cats um, and the houses. And they've yeah. got the notorious donkey ride. Because it's like you, you either have to take a, a tram up. Mm-hmm. Like it's very steep. Or there's this winding path that's kind of notorious where you can get on donkeys and ride up or ride down. And like the cruise ship was just like so many people get really hurt doing this. Oh, you know? yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the donkeys are like tired and sometimes working in the hot sun. It wasn't hot when we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my daughter, I have one daughter that's absolutely crazy about donkeys. I actually did pay for her <laughs> to ride it down. Like we took the tram up and then we decided to walk down. And I had worn my leather shoes from Morocco. And that was mm-hmm. kind of a nightmare too because they were just so slippery on that path. I uh. almost fell so many times. It's like a cobblestone, really s- steep and covered with like manure from the donkeys <laughs> so and there were times where i had almost slipped so many times and my feet hurt i wore the wrong shoes to santorini that no. day and so a lot of times i was actually barefoot walking like in the dirt and then i actually had to end up trading my daughter's shoes for a while and then her, she needed her shoes back so that was kind of an, its own little <laughs> adventure and i got like a two second clip of my daughter on the donkey i went that way so i could like film her right and then yeah it ended up being like such a mess but in Santorini, it was really cool to get those, like, classic pictures with the blue dome roofs and yeah. everything. But, like, my favorite town, for whatever reason, was uh, Mykonos. It's just the, really? the alleys there were just so quaint and charming. And they had this really cool um, Greek Orthodox, like, their family for, like, several generations, four generations had made these, like, these beautiful, like, religious Greek Orthodox paintings. Uh-huh. And that was, like, my favorite souvenir that I got there. We were just in the shop that you would have to see it to believe it. Like, everything mm-hmm. was painted on, like, slabs of old wood. Uh-huh. And so you're looking at, like, all this just amazing, all these amazing pieces from, like, really, really tiny, small, like, a couple inch big, like, two by two little paintings to great big, huge ones. Mm-hmm. And we found this one that's, like, probably, like, two over two feet tall mm-hmm. of, like, the Virgin Mary holding Jesus on her lap. Aww. And it was just so beautiful. It looks like, you know, like very Greek Orthodox. Yeah, yeah. And um, like molding around that's like, I don't know how they added it, like really thick paint or something like it painted in gold around it. And it's uh-huh. just this beautiful painting. And so that one, that's one of the ones we took home. Do you have that painting in yeah, your house? I or? do. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like things like that, the rugs, the paintings, yeah. the like the, the mint, um, the tea set, I feel like are things you're using. Yeah. And so when you're like, like you see it, and you're, oh, it just, yeah, it, it touches One of our favorite things to collect everywhere I go is like dirt or soil. And I know, I know technically nice. I think you're like yeah, not supposed to. Or... <laughs> right, yeah, I know, but I feel like, you know, the same with like visiting national parks here. It says like, you don't take anything, but I'm like, there's enough sand in my shoes, <laughs> on all of our shoes. Well, just pretend it came out of my like, shoe. It's just sand. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a little tiny and I have like those little tiny old apothecary jars. So it's like. <gasps> Perfect. That I have, and then I tie a cute little like label that I print mm-hmm. off and tie it with a little string around the top. So I have a whole shelf of like everywhere I go, I, I collect dirt or sand or even like gravel or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. But that's another actually U.S. Customs things that I didn't realize until I had it once. Like <laughs> coming back, like did you bring? Do you have any dirt with you? And I was like, uh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? More than normal. Dirt. <laughs> I didn't and, expect to get asked that. And you said you your boy had what was the the story with him in the arcade? Okay, oh, yeah. so we this is their first time, my kids' first time on a cruise, and they're just like so pumped that like everything's included. Like you know, they serve them all the snack bars and the big buffets. And my my son that is um, uh, nine at the time, he just kept coming up. He's like, Mom, so all this is free? I'm like, it's 
It's included. Yeah, I mean, I paid for it. I paid for it. So he does much as you want. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's not going to charge us anymore. Like, it's included in the price. And so he's like, wow, I can't believe this. So the first day we signed him up for, like, the kids club and everything. Like, So they have their little group that they can go. And he was old enough that I had the option to say, like, he can check himself in and out if he wants. So I did give him that option because he's with his, like, older sister that was also in the club. So they could leave and come and go together and find us. I just said, as long as you guys stay together, I'm cool with that. So they go to the arcade that's right next, conveniently right next to the kids' place, and they just automatically think that the arcade is also free. just everything free. So they have their, their card, their room cards, that are, of course, connected to my credit card, which was required. Mm-hmm. And several days in, we get, like, a statement from the cruise line, and there had been almost $800 charged on the oh card of gosh. arcade fees. Because <laughs> a lot of the games were several dollars a pop, and they just thought they were free. So oh, no. we were just like, okay, breathe. Like, Don't kill wow. my child. <laughs> yeah. And I, I broke it to him. It's like, I'm like, you guys, I said the arcade games aren't free. And I showed him the bill. And like, he just started crying. And his oh. sister had like used the card too. And so like, they both had tears in their eyes. I'm like, don't worry. We'll go figure this out. You know, and like compared to like what the rest of this months long thing costs. This is like, you know, it's okay. Like, we'll figure mm-hmm. this out. And, like, graciously, they ended up actually removing the charges for us. Like, we what? were really nice. And we were really nice and went to customer service. And it took, like, a couple times. Because at first, they, like, really didn't know what to do. Like, right. they were just kind of like, uh, I don't know. But um, they ended up removing all the charges, which was really nice. I was just like, oh. just be nice. Be calm. Like, just, yeah. like, see what they can do. And you'll know, see what they can do. And, and they ended up doing it. So Which is a great travel trip, too. I feel like. Take the, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Like, if you yeah. are calm and most people, you know, I mean, I feel like most people are nice and will yeah. try and help you if they can. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, I think they could tell it was a misunderstanding. That's an awful right. lot of money to rack up. And they, they did it <laughs> yeah, in, like, less than two days. And then what about the, you had mentioned when you were in Greece, you had witnessed a fall. Or, like, what yes. happened with that at the Acropolis? Like, the big tourist spot. Right, yeah. And that's one thing that uh, when we were up there, it, the rock it looks like, you know, marble that's been stepped on for, obviously, centuries. It was so slick. Oh, that I, yeah. We actually had, my son fell. And he had he had to pull his sleeves into his so he almost like knocked his face pretty hard too because he pulled his arms in because it was kind of chilly and windy up there and so he'd fallen and um, luckily not gotten very hurt and then just minutes later we saw like a commotion and an elderly gentleman like traveling another tourist like from the U S had fallen and hit his head pretty hard and oh. he had like a deep head wound he was bleeding a lot. And um, he had also very obvious multiple finger breaks on both hands. Oh, my Like, gosh. 90 degree angle, fingers oh. bent, really, you know, bad, unnatural looking. And oh, no. you could tell he was in a lot of pain. And he was also obviously disoriented. Like, he'd mm-hmm. had, he's had enough to be disoriented. And, like, there was a lot of blood on the ground. And he was trying to, like, struggling to get up. So I just went over. His family was kind of panicked. And they hadn't even found, like... He had, um, I think, just, like, grandchildren, like, still, like, teenagers with him. And they were trying to find, like, his daughter, his adult mm-hmm. daughter. And so um, I had just had, I didn't have much on hand with me. I wish, you know, like, I didn't carry a first aid kit. But I was able to give them, like, some wipes and just tell them, like, just press. Like, yeah. you know, just put your hands, like, and I didn't have gloves. So I actually stayed hands off. But I was able to instruct them and just mm-hmm. say, like, just just keep him still. And I talked to him to help him say, like, just stay, just stay calm, just wait, you know, just keep him from trying to get up and stand up and fall again. 
And so I just had them like, and just said like, you know, push a little harder because I could tell they weren't like, they were scared to push harder on <laughs> to him and keep him calm. And it took quite a while for them to get a help up to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I guess they didn't have any up at the top, which kind of surprises me. So the crew that had to come, had to come from somewhere down below the Acropolis. So, oh, wow. And get all the way back yeah. up. Yeah. So it was like, like, it was like 15 minutes or so of, of waiting and, you know, and then he kept like pulling on his fingers and trying mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't blame you for trying to fix them. I'm like, just try to just, you know, like hang in there, wait. And so, yeah, it was hard to see and a little family disruption, but it was like good to be helpful. Yeah. Well, it was yeah, like yeah. My, my teenage son was always like, mom, didn't you just finish training for this? Cause I just finished training to become a wilderness first responder yeah for so mountain help, mamas gonna help with mountain mamas and, <laughs> and i had like experience be- before that in the past so it's just like yeah all right you know you're right i should go help <laughs> you're like i had some training yeah, yeah i know some things yeah and i feel like a lot of times when you're you have emergencies like that as family you're just like blank like it all goes blank yeah. and as a stranger you're almost like okay i saw i can be more objective and like yeah. you're saying get in there and not be afraid to help and whatever they need ah and it's also a good reminder to you know to to keep at least a little first aid kit with you. Yeah. Like just, you know, even a pair of gloves mm-hmm. and yes. some like gauze or bandages or something could go a long way and just like waiting to help arrive so that you f- could feel like I'm comfortable like using my hands and getting in there and, yeah. and being safe. I totally agree. Absolutely. Because yeah, gloves like really take up no space or weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're like, you're like, okay, I'm ready yeah. for action. Let's just get in here and see what we need to do yeah. to help. So I would say, what would be your highlight of your trip? I would say Turkey was uh, the actual coolest sites. Turkey, Istanbul had the cistern, the the basilica cistern, Mm -hmm. which was just so breathtaking. So it's like underneath the basilica, and it's just these huge columns where they stored water for years. I mean, if you think like Phantom of the Opera, rowing his boat through with candlelight. Yeah. but now you can't row boats. I will really would love the opportunity to just take a be like there alone with a boat, like mm-hmm. or like with just my family in a boat. But they don't do that anymore. They used to. So they have water in there, and they've made it. Uh, they just have these catwalks that you walk on, mm-hmm. and you walk around like the outer edge, so you can look down these like rows and pillars of columns. It was also kind of very, is it underground? Like, yes, too? it's all underground. Oh like, my gosh. Huge tall ceilings. These massive columns, and then one of the things they told us that was cool is like if you look at the columns, you'll see that they're a lot they're they're different. They're not like all made the same. It's because they were actually like stolen from some are stolen from like Egyptian ruins or Roman ruins. They've taken these different wow. things and actually just like rebuilt the column there. And so some of the columns would have like a uh, Medusa's face in it and like different mm-hmm. the, like different things in it. It was really cool. So you would go through and look at the different columns. And another really cool thing is they would change the lighting. They would change it from like a blue hue to slowly like fade to like a yellow nice glow to a red so you could get all these cool different pictures Mm -hmm. and different like looking down these rows it was kind of like um remember like lord of the rings when they're in the mines of moria in that big room with all the columns it kind of reminded me of that like really high ceilings it looks like it just goes and goes forever and just this magical world that you never knew existed under these chapels where they that's where they stored all their water mm-hmm. so kudasai was the other town we went to which is Ephesus mm-hmm. which is like the the ruins they have the the library there i would say that probably beat almost anything that we saw even of like the greek ruins or anything and just oh, we talked about wow. the things that would have taken place at that library and yes i'm just trying to remember now but like we went through and we read a little history of like the the, the famous people that were at that library and wow. studying and learning mm-hmm. there and like kind of like people coming together philosophers and everything it was just really amazing to be like in that path and you mm-hmm. walk through this whole city city the cobblestone city and then the library was this, this 
awesome thing at the end. Oh, man. And are you able to, like, open books or look at collections? It's just, you know, it's, it's mostly just, like, the facade that's left. Like, the library is gone, ah. but this really ornate facade with the statues everywhere on the outside, mm -hmm. it still exists. And it's beautiful with the big oh steps God. leading up to it. Mm -hmm. But on the back, it's just, like, kind of just a courtyard now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been... The main building is gone. I think it was like burned in a fire. And shortly away from that is like the birthplace and childhood home of Mary, as in like the Virgin Mary. That's, oh, wow. That's where she lived. Like, so there's another like, it's just shortly a few minute walk from there. You can go see like what they have left of that place. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. I've missed Turkey in all my journeys. So I'm like, that is so powerful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your, your thoughts. And this was an epic adventure with your family and all the countries that you saw and just the highlights. I feel like we're this is just precious. Thank you so much for sharing this. You're welcome. It's been fun. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. To hear more fun, inspiring stories from women like Elisa, click the subscribe button and tell your friends. And if you're local, you know, come hang out with us. Check out our website at um, mtmamas.org. We also have Instagram at mtmamasutah and also Utah Adventure Mamas. And we would love to hear from you if you ever want to contact us through the website uh, or our Instagrams. And yes, thank you so much for joining us today. And that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.